0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Oh, the editing that has occurred. I am back, but oh, the editing. I'm wondering about that. I'm I'm glad that you at least got picture lock on the film. Yes, for those of you that are not following along, or even if you are following along with the terms I'm about to use, I'll give you the the, the (laughs) quick rundown. Uh, Picture lock is vital. Picture lock means yeah. what the, what, it, what it suggests, that the edit is now at a place where the edit is not going to change anymore. It's picture lock. Now, having worked in the film industry, I will say this. It is a bit of a fuzzy term for a lot of filmmakers. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Because to me, this equates to a design freeze. It, when it, the car is going to production, that's a great way to we've put frozen it. the yep. design. It's called Nothing design hard freeze. Absolutely, absolutely. Called. But imagine if you did that, and Harley Earl or some big name designer that had a lot of power went in and went, you know what? I'm still tweaking that. There are those filmmakers that do that. But the problem is, the problem is that that after picture lock, there are a lot of steps that have to happen between oh, the edit's done and now the movie's done. There's, there are steps oh, in the yeah. middle. And There's the two biggest ones on. that you as an audience member may be aware of are mix and color. And mix means all of the audio, you have all the pieces like pollinized dialogue and the drive-bys of the cars and the music playing underneath. Those are the three simplest steps. But somebody's got to balance the levels of that.
1: And when you do 5-1 yeah.
0: mix, when right. the car comes in from the back left speaker and sweeps around the left side of the room and comes into the front, somebody's got to set that up. That's the mix step. So that has to happen. And then I'm doing color. Thank God I don't do the mix. I can do it, but I really don't like to. So we have somebody doing the mix. But in order for nothing to break, if you will, and everything to reference, you have to lock, picture, and mean it, meaning that that, that edit is not changing. Right. So I right. go off and do color, and our mixer does the mix, and then everything will fuse back together sometime next week if everything stays on schedule. <laughs> in since we, since we have a premiere next, not, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, the 15th, it's going to have to get there one way yeah, or another. I've kind of been sending out invitations, actually. I know you have. So <clears throat> if you're in the Salt Lake area uh, on Friday, the, uh, pardon me, Saturday, the 15th of December, yes, come see the movie. We're at the Park City Library. You're welcome. It's a free screening. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Yeah, it'll be at like 2 o'clock at the Park City Library. By the way, it's a hard start at 2 o'clock because we have somebody in a screening room right behind us. Right, it's right. It's an hour. Pardon me. It's a 105-minute movie. That's about an hour and 45? Hour and 45 like that? minutes. That is by wow. far the longest film we've ever done. But this is what happens when you do 13 <laughs> cars. Yeah, I'm laughing. There's parts of... In the movie, you're going
1: to be horrified. It's more towards the end. But anyway... In a, in a good, there's crazy, some, I can't believe that happened
0: sort of way. There's, there's uh, Honestly, yeah. there's cool parts of every single one of these cars. And, yeah, I, and I'm pleased yeah. to say that. There's, there's some that. nice hosting moments. There's some good shots. In every. Again, I've seen it a couple times. <laughs> there's, there's some good moments in every single one of these cars. I can't out of the 13 just be like, oh, well, that one's really strong and that one's really weak, which is always a struggle on a film like this. But picture is locked. The edit is locked down. And I'm ser- when I lock picture, Crazy. I lock picture. I don't, I don't fool around you with don't that. You don't keep messing I get around with it. What if we screwed around dumb. with that and yeah. change that? So yeah. anyway, so we're doing that. We're into, into color. And uh, actually, you know what? I should say this because we're right on top of Christmas when you hear this. Mm-hmm. Yes. We always try to get these movies out for Christmas. If you're following along with the calendar and the discussion <laughs> happening at the moment, we will definitely have this movie done by December 15th, hopefully a little earlier. But... That's, that's a little more than a week away as far as mailing is concerned to Christmas itself. Yes. I'm we are going to do everything we can. I just, I, this is my disclaimer. We're going to do everything yeah, yeah. we can to get Blu-rays out and available. I'll be really honest with you. There is a legitimate chance that if you want to get a Blu-ray for a family member, you will get it between Christmas and New Year's and not by Christmas. Most likely, because it's it's going to
1: take at least five business days for the reproductions to happen mm-hmm. and so turn around to us by the time, yes, and get shipped back. So mm-hmm. then we can collect Sip the orders, yep. harvest the orders, and then ship those out. So it will be available. I apologize in, in advance. Yeah. This might be a Happy New Year sort of present. Hey, yeah. this thing's coming, yeah. but there will be downloads available too for you mm-hmm. to stream it digitally. But yeah, then of the physical Blu-rays also happening. It's just. It's not coming quite as quickly as we anticipated, but you know what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's a self-imposed deadline, honestly, but we wanted to have it we by Christmas. We wanted it by Christmas, for sure. For and that sure. was the whole point. But so yes, for those of you that I'm are wondering those.
0: some of you have asked us about it as a yeah. Christmas present. We'd love for it to be a Christmas present for you and family members. It will exist. It will be on Blu-ray and five one. i I'm very excited. That's the best way to see it by far. I can say yeah, that without having sure. even seen it that way yet. But... I just don't know that we're going to be there by Christmas Day. So I feel like their story. I feel like all you guys are in solidarity. We've been sharing the the
1: movie and yeah. the struggles yeah, yeah, over yeah, yeah. time. And I, actually, you probably heard when Chance and I were on the last podcast, mm-hmm. I said, "Let's get everybody on and talk about the film, not the film itself, and but just things around the shoot and what happened. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. we can make that happen towards the end of the year." Mm-hmm. And get all of us back on. Ben came out and helped us out. Edgar, of course, was on set. And yeah, Chance yeah. helped us out yeah, yeah. tremendously. And so maybe we can get all of us on. Possibly. And uh, we'll see if we can talk about it and just kind of share some fun stories from that. That could be cool. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, but for sure. I, I feel like everybody has been just, you know, kind of arms-linked, linked, ready to see the film, and we've been sharing. We're, we're not complaining. It's just not at all. The, the trials and tribulations to get the film
0: out there. As chances said, it's this been has insane. been one heck of a quarter. It so has. come on, 2019. It but has. there's a movie between now and then. By, by the way, there's lots of TV happening as well. That also is being edited, just in case I was bored. <laughs> right. uh, seven new episodes of TV will be happening starting in January and then heading everywhere else from Motor Trend. Uh, now, by the way, Velocity is now Motor Trend if you aren't following along.
1: that Yes, that so happened.
0: it'll be on Motor So that'll happen. If you have not seen it, or you know what, if you have seen it on Amazon, I would really appreciate your rating, even if it's just a star rating. And Mm -hmm. by the way, look, because it's it's Amazon and this is how it works. If you think, oh, I, I rated season one. Yeah, that only counted for season one. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to rate when the you other switch seasons. your Amazon mm-hmm. the the browser to switch yeah, yeah. to
1: season two or three, then mm-hmm. you'll see the ratings change. Yeah. because it's dependent upon the rating per
0: season, not yeah. the overall. So if you've watched brand, you know, two guess. and three, we would yeah. love your ratings on those. Thanks, thank you to all of you that have rated season one, and more is coming. Yeah it is but for now we've got Waymo discussion to talk of about here you do. about Waymo in the news. You do.
1: I had to talk about this because as you guys know, I did some contract work for Waymo back in July of 2018 and spent some time with their design team and now Waymo has announced Waymo One which is a driverless <laughs> ride hailing service. It's an app on your phone. It's coming. It's actually here. But it's only starting in a few cities in okay. Phoenix. So it's Chandler, Tempe, Mesa, and Gilbert, Arizona.
0: And this is a continuation of the pilot rollout program that has yeah. been going on, actually. Where they get way more sunshine and way less weather. That's why it's <laughs> happening more Waymo
1: ride hailing going yeah. on. Like I said, it's an app on your phone. You can now collect... A ride hailing service, an autonomous ride hailing service. Wow. I believe they're wow, still going wow. to have the driver chaperones in the cars to start with. And they're all Chrysler Pacifica minivans. Mm-hmm. Waymo has redone the interior. It's Waymo Beta, and it's new (laughs) stitching. It's actually, the stitching is in the colors, the green and blue of the Waymo logo, Of course, and they've reconfigured things for the ride experience, Wow! because that's where autonomous cars are going. It's all about the ride experience, and Mm -hmm. so that's what Mm -hmm. the design team is doing. It's the interior experience, and so now we can all sit and ignore each other together while we're on our phones looking at Facebook. (laughs)
0: Exactly. We can all sit staring at our phones while no one gets injured. That's the key thing. We (laughs) want to sit in traffic and stare at our phones. Now we can while no one gets injured. And the truth is that guy sitting behind the wheel or girl or whoever will be just entirely for people to not be freaked out.
1: Right. Right. I I mean, I have such mixed feelings about it, Mm -hmm. but the Waymo cars, the Pacificas, have logged 10 million miles on public roads in California, Arizona, Washington, Michigan, and Georgia, and mostly just fender benders up to this point. (laughs) <clears throat> okay. I'm just going to leave commentary right I there. Like mostly
0: just Fenderbenders. Uh, benders. Mostly. Anyway, go
1: on. But the Waymo one is out. Mm-hmm. They will continue to roll it out. There will be other versions of it coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still know a little bit more than what they have released, so I can't mm-hmm. say anything. But I'm, I'm actually really glad it's here because I've been thinking about various situations, and I'll get very personal from my dad. Mm. And when he, at some point, will need an autonomous vehicle, he's got that door-to-door, point-to-point capability available. And that's for anybody who can't drive and the blind. And there's so many good applications, honestly. We tease, we tease. But there's so many good applications that I can see so many kinds of people that are going to benefit tremendously
0: from this. You make an excellent point. because We we tease because we, you and I, and most of you listening, are in the category of we want to drive and we like to drive. That's a great point. But there are a huge the number of people. I remember, of I remember living in L.A., this was the case. I knew multiple people in L.A. who didn't like driving at all. And and if they if they if they could get away with though. not yes because L A traffic understandable is not fun, but they were never an enthusiast driver and so driving to them was a chore they had to do because L A does not have public transportation you can really rely on it is a car based city and so they just didn't like having to drive mm-hmm. so you have everyone mm-hmm. people like that to people who for whatever reason health wise cannot drive mm-hmm. yeah and so what whatever your situation is with family or whatever if you're in that kind of situation your dad or somebody blind everybody you're bringing up. You are reliant on another person, which means you're taking up their time. And yeah. some people, yeah. that really is hard for them to ask. But if you're not taking up a person's time because the car showed up, great. Well, Even it, better. It continues what
1: everybody likes about cars, and that is your own personal bubble mm. taking you from mm. this point to this point yeah. with your stuff, and you don't have to deal with public transportation. Yeah, trains or buses yeah. or whatever that sure. is. Sure, sure. That's why we love cars so much because it's our own personal yeah. thing and it's doing only the thing for us. Yeah, it doesn't it's have selfish. to make five stops too. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. You're you right. know, no, you're absolutely and right. So it continues that very much, and that's why yeah. I think it's going to be more popular mm. eventually than public transportation. Public transportation will morph and change too.
0: Yeah, for sure. But
1: this is going to catch fire, I, th- I think, but only in certain areas, only yeah. specific cities and specific areas of cities, which is fine. But it's going to serve a niche, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm glad to see it. Interesting. I did Interesting. have the experience, and I'm super impressed. Level five autonomy is here. It's mm-hmm. just in small places, and you and I have discussed yeah. this before yeah, about yeah. you know high def you know Blu-ray players or, or just HD players in general from the '90s and yeah. what that meant. And yeah. We've we've dissected this a bit, but I'm really glad to see it. And on my first day when I was working for Waymo as a contractor, mm-hmm. the CEO sat down next to me at breakfast, John Craftick. Okay. And I knew who he was, and he was just, you know, checking email, having breakfast. And was he wearing a hoodie? Please no, tell me. No, he was the billionaire not. Was no, because a he's an appointed
0: CEO. He's not the founder. Oh, oh, okay. Did you see a founder? Was he wearing a hoodie? Uh, I did
1: not. No, he was wearing a tracksuit. That was Larry. That's a that's he a that's a step. Waymo.
0: That's a step beyond hoodie. By the way, it is tracksuit is it, sorry scruffy the, with tracksuit. Siri seriously. Then he's the, in a the, different the, Billionaire with hoodie. Billionaire with hoodie is dressed up. Billionaire. True. Billionaire in tracksuit is I own all of you, and you're lucky I'm even dressed. Pretty much. That's really what that is. <laughs> I'm gonna grace you with my. You're presents. lucky I'm even dressed at all. It was yeah. it was uh, Larry. Or no, it was uh, was it Larry? I can't remember. I, could, I really couldn't it was. tell you, but I love it. Loved was it. one of the two founders. Billionaire in a
1: tracksuit, of and course. And it's not he was. like they're a billionaire. They're worth 50 plus billion. Oh, I
0: know. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, anyway. I'm going to wear a tracksuit because who's going to question me? Tracksuit
1: yeah. plus scruffy equals I'm just yeah. going to cruise the halls. Unbelievable. Hey, what are you working nice on? Nice problem to have. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, yes, that's here. We're, of course, going to be continuing to follow it very closely. But I do want to switch gears a little bit over to Maserati because you've heard of my (laughs) distaste for the Levante.
0: I'm being kind. Your excitement about the pickle fork. Yes. Let's (laughs) let's have pickle fork discussions. Let's do that again.
1: Well, the news is FCA is laying off 3,245 workers in Italy because of the Levante sales drop in both Europe and the U.S. And I don't like huh. seeing anybody get laid off. That yeah. is yeah. not good. I don't like that at all. Yeah. But that should be a resounding message to FCA <laughs> because aren't SUVs and CUVs the craze right now? Aren't they the in thing? Fair Doesn't point. everybody Fair want point. them? Yeah. And when your SUV sales are dropping in this CUV market, this mm, SUV market, interesting point. what does that tell you? Interesting point. It's not me. You missed the it mark. has nothing to do with me. Yeah. It has everything to do with the proportion of that nasty,
0: ugly vehicle. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you don't know this already, you cannot get Paul near the proximity of the words Maserati Levante without a rant coming, let alone near the car. You wouldn't drive down a completely just inconspicuous street. No big deal. We're not even talking of anything about it. And one goes by and everybody just kind of grips onto the, 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 hand, the hand rests of the car because here it comes. <laughs> It's the
1: you know, the the food you hate. Insert the food you hate and it's that face you make when you have to eat it or you you know surprise somebody put it in your sandwich or something. It's funny. That's the face I make whenever I see Levante. Yeah, you do. And now here customers worldwide have revolted against this thing. (laughs) Hi, it's time for change.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You make a good point about the fact that if you can't sell an SUV in an SUV market, what have you done wrong? It's a fair question. It's I'm, a very I'm fair just question. Just saying. Yeah, and all right. I
1: don't want right. anybody to get laid off. I hate seeing that. That's yeah. awful. I don't want people that's, to that's lose their the jobs. Point. I get that. Yeah. But workers are taking temporary turns at going to the plant and they're trying to keep the plant going. Wow. And wow. Come on. I. Yeah. Serious redesign. And then the Ghibli had some, you know, a leather package added to it in an effort to goose sales just because
0: we added a, sp- a special edition exclusive trim. No. No. <laughs> now, now here's a question. If you make a lot of a car and only a few people buy it, does it become exclusive again? <laughs> Does it become exclusive by lack of interest? <laughs> Dang, right. It's I have one of 50 because the 5,000 that they made, nobody
1: else bought. Here it yeah. is the Maserati Edizione Nobile package at the yeah. Touch of Class in mm. the Levante, Ghibli, and Quattroporte. I don't think so. Yeah, I saw that. They add a paint job, two-tone leather seats, and a
0: few other sprinkly badges around the car. None of which will increase its resale value, which will be about 10 grand in about five years.
1: And yet, in the same design studio, there are alphas being designed. Mm? Probably yeah. right next to Maserati's. Possibly. Possibly. Does this grind your chestnuts or what?
0: Well, they sit next to, didn't they sit next to each other at the LA Auto Show? They and did. We just, we just kind of stood there and just kind of did that tennis look, at that back and forth look that you do while watching <laughs> exactly. tennis. We just kind of looked back and forth uh-huh. and went, huh. And, and I also thought it was funny at the LA Auto Show, they had a actually really gorgeous, I like blue cars, had a really gorgeous blue Alpha Spider, 4C Spider. <laughs> yeah, right. And I just, I. There's a part of me that thinks I'm going to own one of those cars in my life. In spite of the fact no that I have ranted against its handling capabilities at the limit, I, I kind at of think. At least for track, for maybe, C, for maybe, road? Uh, maybe, because That's I kind of think that the 4C spider is, is kind of magical in its own way, unless you really want to drive it at the limit, and then it really falls apart. Right, right? and by and magical,
1: I, you mean very understeery at Spa on track?
0: Well, but uh, understeer. Well, but here's the thing: slide through you a corner. You had understeer followed by snap oversteer followed by it was unreliable, and that was the worst. If you're going to be understeery yeah. the yeah. exact same way, the exact same time every time, I don't like you're it.
1: Predictably bad. I
0: don't, exactly, I don't <laughs> like it, but I can try to accommodate. But if I can do the same corner at Spa three different laps, three different times, and get a completely different response from the automobile, now I'm not, and I'm not Yikes. claiming to be a brilliant yeah. driver. But if that's happening. The Elise would never do that. It would never do that. It would do It would do the same thing with the same inputs every single time. Right, right. They'd but, but bite you in the same place every time, too. Exactly. It, it, it will at spin 10 by, for, because you're an it, idiot we, every single time the exact it comes. same way. Here Wait, wait, there wait, There it is. <laughs> there it is. But, but but that's the thing. But I do think that it's really fun to drive, and it's great to look at and be in. And hmm. that's why I kind of go, hmm, maybe maybe it happens. Maybe it comes around into my life. I don't know. We'll see. All
1: right. Well, we've got a couple of great debates, one from Nick F., who's gonna having a minor identity crisis. He's a longtime BMW fan. Mm -hmm. And then after the break, we will tackle Andrew J's fresh college grad Mm -hmm. debate here. He is in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and tells us that he is a new college graduate with a manufacturing engineering job in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And I read that and I thought, are you at the Corvette factory? exactly. I'm going to put some pieces together to ask a question. Maybe, maybe not. We can't tell. But we've got a debate here for Nick. Mm -hmm. He writes into us with this identity crisis, he says. Mm -hmm. Because he's a longtime BMW fan. He's got two, uh, well, two BMWs. He's had two E46 330is with mm-hmm. the ZHP package. Which is what you want. That's one of them that he has and that's yes. his current daily and an E36 M3. Mm-hmm. And his wife currently drives an X3 as a matter of fact. Yes. And he yes. said the current BMW offerings just are not speaking to his heart and he likes the 2 Series but he needs the 4-door to handle the family life. Okay. And he doesn't even like the 3 Series, the new 3 Series either. Yeah. yeah. So this is a problem and Well, more so because his current 330 is in need of some maintenance. He says the vano system, the cooling, and possibly front control arms. Now, he can do all this work himself, Mm -hmm. but he's questioning himself do I want to put this time and money into this particular car, or do I get rid of it, move on to something newer?
0: It's this, kinda kind HP, that these are hard to find cars. These are the ones you want. The E forty six three thirties, that is your close as you can four door M three of that generation. Because mm-hmm. of course the E forty six was only made in two door. Okay. Yeah, right, the right. the prior generation, the '90s generation of the of the M3. If you watch our icon film, the last time we did a generational film, <laughs> the icon film was was the e, E36. <laughs> the last time you were ground into the earth by editing, exactly. The, 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 oh yeah, yeah, you had the E30, which everybody just and, and it is an awesome car. The E30 was the was the first M3 out of the '80s. Okay, mm-hmm. the E36 was the second gen. That's the mid '90s one that they they couldn't make them fast that they sold wonderfully well, and that was the first one to have a four door. Then the early 2000s they do the E46, which is the hallowed M3. Yeah, right, right, But that was only two-door. So this 330, I'm just trying to put it in perspective for you if you don't speak models. Uh, the, the 330, <laughs> Engine codes and exactly. crazy nomenclature from BMW, the, BMW Porsche, ridiculous. Nissan, Yeah, yeah. Toyota. be careful. <laughs> yes, and eventually we start looking at each other going, we have to stop, my head hurts. Anyway, so, so the E46 330, this is almost the four-door M3 of that generation. He's had two, he still owns one. It's mm-hmm. a very cool car. Yeah. It Somewhere is. along the way, BMW has just lost Nick, which is kind of too bad. So how do we replace this car? This is hard. Yeah, it is. Well, Nick's got a five-year-old. He's got growing family here,
1: and he's out in Central Virginia, and he says snow is not really a concern here. Yeah. They get about twelve inches of snow per winter, but it's in small bursts, so they don't really get the snow that you and I are experiencing here yeah. in Park City. Yeah, yeah. Now he's toying with the idea of a GTI, mm-hmm. and he's considered a Honda Civic Si but he can't get over the looks. <laughs> yeah. By the way, and this is for the next debate, too, Andrew J's debate as well. We're, you know, talking about Japanese cars. Many of you have written questions, too, which we'll get to, and I just want to say that Honda Civic Type R, the SI, it looks staid in Japan. Mm. You should see some of Toyota's vans, the Alfard and the Velfire. Look these vans up, and you think, how <laughs> on earth did they make a box look like that? That is funny. It's awesome. The Velfire is like the Mercedes S Class of Toyota vans. It sounds weird. That's a weird, weird sentence. It but sounds right. weird. I, but they're so cool. I
0: also feel like in this market. I, and I'm sure there are those of you out there that actually like the Honda Civic Type R design. You look at it and you go, "I like it." And I will actually say, I really like it from the front three-quarter. I think it looks menacing. But as soon as you get to the side, but just a tiny, you get to the side and the around the back, shot. it starts to really, get, really be bad. Turn it a but tiny bit on the turntable. It, 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 no, we're too we're far. Out. Too no. far. <laughs> go back. Go back. Go Anything back. Was okay. And now, yeah, it's gone too far. <laughs> but but I feel like most of the people I've ever bumped into about <laughs> like this. Oh, good. The Civic. Certain lighting. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. It's all got to be soft lighting. It's almost episode. dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but here's the thing. I feel like most people are in one of two camps with the Civic Si. They cannot stand, or the current Civic, they cannot stand yeah. the way it looks or they're okay with it. I don't feel like I've met a lot of people who are like, I think it's awesome looking.
1: <laughs> I like the Type R. I do. I love the Type R. It's, it's, encre- it's impressive. It's It's, it's out really there. impressive. it would take
0: a saws out of the wing, but and still. And I, I saw a blue one here not that long ago. I've never seen it blue. It looks good in blue. Is that the dark? Real ultramarine blue. It's it's kind of the color of your shirt that you wear for the show. It's kind oh, of that. Really? color. Okay, so dark you know? ultramarine navy ish. Yeah. It's not it's not quite it's not quite a blue you mistake for black. It's clearly blue. Okay, okay. all right. But it's not a really bright. It's not like your your caiman. That example, must really okay?
1: knock it back in,
0: as far as the styling. I liked it. Must, it. I liked you know, it. Really but I mean, this is a. It's it's not a great. I'm not don't love it, which is the problem with that styling. Nobody goes, I love that. I mean, I know I'm going to get letters it from you those. It was the color. People. That's what was holding me back. Honestly, right. we had that uh, 2019 <laughs> Corvette ZR1 in gunmetal gray, and it was the first time I'd seen it in a dollish color, and it kind of backed off the styling I really don't like. And it made it almost tolerable, I'm as long you, as I didn't look at it from certain angles. That
1: car could catch a Prius in its teeth. Yeah. It's got so anyway. many openings on the front. All right. So, Nick's budget here is is twenty dollars to $25,000 initially. And that was his first email <laughs> until he wrote his back yeah. and said, all right, I'm going to bump it up to thirty grand." Uh-huh. And he's starting to look at the Veloster N and the Genesis G70. And he was thinking of this GTI, and he's just kind of thinking, I'm open. All-wheel drive, front-wheel yeah. drive, rear-wheel drive. And WRXs, he says, are not his cup of tea. Yeah. You might think WRX is in the equation here, but it is
0: out, apparently. Here's what I think is really interesting to come out of Nick's email. We, you and I have walked around this topic a few times, but Nick lands squarely in the middle of it, and that is this. BMW, as we know, is the, quote-unquote, enthusiast brand, and they are steadily walking away from that. <laughs> Desperately trying to do everything they can to you get know, rid of that. Doesn't mean they don't have cars like that still, obviously, yeah. but they're walking away from that. And in steps Hyundai. Yeah. To fill that void. Yeah. And here we have Nick, who in one email is saying, I love BMWs. I've always had BMWs. I would like to have another BMW. They've lost me. By the way, I drove a Genesis. How <laughs> interesting is that? That's exactly the progression you and I have talked about happening in real time here. And, Nick, I applaud you on driving the Genesis G70. I think it is a fantastic choice. I'm going to back that choice like crazy. I'd be very curious to hear. We're going to drive it as as soon as we can. Very curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, like you get the bigger engines, like a 3.3 or something, 3.3 or something. Uh, There's that engine, but it only comes with the auto, or you can drive the 2-liter turbo, which everybody on the planet makes now, with a manual. Yeah, Right. Right. So I think that – and here's the thing. The only people I would advise against the G70 is if you had uh, four big people to put in it. But it's you and your wife and a couple of kids is what yeah. you're looking at. So at that yeah. point, fine. So I think that's a really good choice. I have some others for you, but I wanted to back you up there. I think that would be a really good BMW alternative, which is an interesting place to be here in the market.
1: Yeah, it is kind of strange. Nick, allow me to assuage your fears and smooth your feathers just a little bit by saying – The senior chief designer of the Hyundai L.A. studio is a guy named Chris Chapman, who used to work at DesignWorks BMW. He has designed the BMW X5, the original X5, Mm -hmm. the X3, and the Z4. So Hyundai actually has a BMW designer as head of the studio. Yep, yep. That means a lot. And Luke is now taking over for Hyundai. Peter Schreier from Audi is out. Luke has taken over. So these guys come from the German sports car manufacturers.
0: Yeah, they and they come from great years of those manufacturers, they do. too. Yeah. They do.
1: So they bring a lot of great design sensibilities. Chris mm-hmm. was actually an instructor of mine at Art Center, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, I saw him at the LA Auto Show, and, okay. and uh, he is the senior designer there. So Hyundai has a lot of influence that's taking the mm-hmm. Korean influence, the Korean styling, but really making it more clear, I think. It's not mm-hmm. just – Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of superfluous designs, I guess, and they're kind of searching. They found their language, mm, okay. and it's yeah, it's I a bit of mix of both. The that. Stinger is a great look that that has a lot of very staid German kinds of elements mm-hmm. to I agree it, with that. but it's got a, a little bit of style, a little bit of Korean flavor in there too. And that's mm-hmm. I think why I like it so much. Mm. So we're going to continue to see those kinds of designs, and yeah. I think that yeah. could be why you're attracted to this G70. I'm also going to suggest. A couple cars here. You're looking for Android Auto, as I've got to have this, and you'd really prefer a manual. Thirty grand. Do you know the Hyundai Elantra GT Sport is $23,000 brand new? Okay. Comes standard with Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. I think these are kind of interesting because it's Hyundai does a Fiesta ST.
0: Yeah. 200 horsepower turbocharged car. Yeah, it's not nearly as dynamic as the Fiesta ST, but it is interesting. Not I, look, nearly. It's, it's, it's competitive in the class. I'll and I'm suggesting
1: that. this is because we don't get the Fiesta, Fiesta ST as a new car any longer. True, true, true. You could go buy a used one. And Tom, very over in
0: Germany, driving everything on the planet now that he works for Automotor und Sport. Und Sport. And Sport he's driving everything on the planet and he he had a long diatribe with me about how great the new Fiesta ST is the updated one that they're getting in Europe and then oh, I told sure him we're not getting it and I swear to you I think he fell over and he was like how is that possible because apparently it's even better than the one we got which astounds me I yeah. believe it
1: and the market for it just isn't here at least yep. that's what yep. Ford tells us so I'm suggesting that as the newer alternative to that but I do want to revisit this car and I've suggested it before now the Veloster N might come with those standard features as well. I think that's a great car to look at. The I come to the Civic Sportback. No wing on that car. Yeah. Kind of compelling. Yeah. But I'm going to suggest this again. It's, it's, it could go either way here. It's the Buick Regal GS. Okay. For 2018, okay. they introduced the Sportback version of that, but they yeah. took away the manual transmission. It only comes with a nine-speed automatic. Which is not the best, but yes. So if you went to 2017 Regal GS, you oh, can get going. the manual. I see where you're going. They're well under 30.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And this is continually, every time I sit in one, I think, wait, how come I keep forgetting about this car? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: This, this is actually kind of cool, a Buick cool. What? what am I saying? There's the red one like we drove originally. There's a red one here in, in uh, Park City. I've seen it a few times, and it turns my head every time. It's just cool. If you didn't like the
1: Buick badge, you could you know order the Opal kit and Opalize it. (laughs) Okay. And get rid of all the Buick stuff. Yeah. But they're cool as an Opal. Look those up. They're cool,
0: period. Yeah. I
1: I like the style of these. The Sportback is pretty interesting. For Mm -hmm. 2018, 2019, they've introduced this Sportback style. It's Mm -hmm. like Buick does an Audi A5 Sportback. Oh, interesting. That's exactly what the size and proportion of that car is. The only problem is they took our manual transmission away and gave us Mm -hmm. the 9-speed. Okay. Yeah, not the best. But the power is still there, and for the price, it's really compelling. They start at like thirty nine. so for a 2017 used, hmm. you'll actually sa- save money. You'll be well under your $30,000 price point Look right there. You,
0: under budget, too. I'm, wow. I'm bringing that right. back as an
1: right. option because we could go hot hatch. We could. Mm-hmm. But this is a bigger car, and I thought, this over a Cadillac ATS because hmm. the ATS does not have the manual transmission. True. I you know, like the styling better. I come back to the Buick Regal yeah. GS as a save money, be happy. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's he says he, he says he'd prefer a manual, but I but I read that as if to say he realizes that a lot of stuff doesn't come in that. And so I, I think, think we're he's okay. going to be open I think to we're that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. I like that. I have I have a few to talk about, and I have a wild card. I want to really. I want to have you consider, Nick. I, I, it may seem a little odd at first, but I want to get there. I, I do think if you're going to drive the Genesis G seventy, I'm going to give you another one, right around thirty grand. Or drive it might you know a six month old year old one drive the base alpha Romeo Julia for me mm. that is a really cool car that even in base form drives really really. I wonder well. wonder how much you could get a used one slightly used for uh, cheap twenty four i don 't know 25? maybe but, but I feel confident with thirty grand go go shop the base alpha Julia it is a two liter turbo so you 're talking about similar power to everybody else in this category pretty much. And we drove one on a back road in L.A. Dynamically, that's a really good car.
1: Those did come with uh, the, the paddles. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. They do have that yep. option. Some so, do not, but some do. I think, I think that's a, a really – it may not even be on your radar. It should be on your radar. You should go drive it, mm. okay? Because I think you'd, you'd be very surprised by it. You mentioned the GTI. I think the GTI is a great candidate here, but I'm going to say shop used Golf R for that price you could you could definitely See get if that you can get into a used Golf R for 30 grand. Nothing there's nothing wrong with the GTI with the performance pack. You would enjoy that car, it would do everything you want, but my point is if you can get the Golf R for 30 grand or below it starts to be a pretty compelling option there.
1: It is. You get a lot yeah. more power, but at lower speeds, those, those two cars almost feel alike in terms well, of
0: power. Yeah, I mean, uh, When you really smash it, the Golf R comes to life. It's because of the, the Haldex all-wheel drive, system. Mm-hmm. it's not all-wheel drive most of the time. Right. But, I mean, this gives you, you know, should you ever need that, you have that little bit of kick, which is nice. So, I mean, you'd be fine with the normal GTI, but I think the Golf R is interesting. I wonder about walking over to Mazda. Yeah. Driving the Mazda 6. And then what about the new upcoming Mazda 3? The 3 could be compelling because mm-hmm. the,
1: the 6, to get that man in transmission, you've got to go backwards to the sport version, which is only 187 horsepower. Yeah. The new 250 horsepower turbo engine can only be had with the automatic. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand why they give this to us. They're like, here here's the, you know, little bit of carrot, more of the stick. It- <laughs> more of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough of the carrot. Come on. Why, why not? I don't understand. But yeah, the Mazda 3 could be compelling, but who knows when it's going to be in showrooms and actually available to purchase. True, That's true, true, Well, I feel kind of, like Nick you know, doesn't have to buy this week, frame. though.
0: That's the good thing. But, yeah, But true. I, think I do wonder about that. driving that. I have a wild card, but what else do you have?
1: That's really kind of where I'm at. I was thinking Mazda, that 6 Sport, the Mazda 6 Sport. But again, it could work. It could work. Um, you know, if you wanted the manual transmission, but then you're down on power. If you're willing to go... Mm-hmm. Uh, automatic you can get that 250 horsepower engine
0: yeah and i like the mazda 6 a lot well but see this this is the market that bmw has walked away from and nobody with the possible exception of the genesis has really filled it and that is give me a genuinely medium all these cars are getting bigger give me a genuinely medium sized to possibly small four-door manual transmission rear-wheel drive sedan Mm -hmm. and the market goes i'm sorry what was that we don't have that option by and large, Yeah. it's just not out there. My wild card is a wild card because it's not a, it's not on your radar at all. I don't think uh, it isn't available in the manual. But you're looking at hot hatches. You need four doors. I just thought, you know what, you could actually get for thirty grand. There are options out there. The Mercedes GLA AMG 45 for thirty grand. Can you get them for thirty? Yes, you can. 2015s, I'll bet. You can get them. I was looking the other night because that's They're a town that, that much that, that car's a splinter in my brain for a future winter beater i have to be honest and so i just the nice i just started digging and just going what are they down to and honestly for 28 to 30 i had a couple of pages worth that's interesting actually so hmm. you get a nice interior you get four real doors you're talking about shopping hot hatches anyway that's really what it is i know it's an suv it's not it's a hot hatch yeah so a hot hatch from mercedes good gearbox not the best dual clutch on the on the planet but a good gearbox great seats fun to drive yeah they are yeah for 30 grand really yeah i I did because i plummeted further than i I had that random thought i just thought when would those reach winter beater status because i feel like if you could get one under 15 to 20 i was gonna say under 20 to reach that status i I looked that it was under 30 firmly under obviously you can spend more but firmly under 30 to buy one huh so that's my wild card, Nick. I'm just saying. Compelling. Go drive that car.
1: Guys, thank you for writing your debates to us. If you've got your own debate and your story, a bit of story, you know, like what's going on in your life and what you're dealing with as far as your own car usage, please write to us, TV at gmail.com or on the website. You can find us in the top right corner under the About tab. There's a contact button right there, and you can send us your emails. Love to hear from you guys and really keep them coming. Uh, really appreciate all the debates. Sometimes we can't get to them all, but we hope to get to... Uh, to lots of your your debates, and appreciate your your questions as well. So thank you, guys. But for now, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back.
0: If you like the show Unsolved Mysteries, you could watch it for free right now on Pluto TV. You could watch 24-7 episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, the classic true crime show featuring Robert Stack on its own channel on Pluto TV.
1: Pluto TV is free TV with over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand all for free. No credit card needed. No sign-up. Pluto TV is the easy
0: and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again. Download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today. When you open the hood of your car, do you ever notice how often you see Continental belts?
1: There's a reason for that. Continental is one of the world's largest OE suppliers for the automotive industry.
0: Now, this is automakers around the world. The U.S. big three, all three of them, BMW, Volkswagen, over 30% of all new vehicles sold in America have Continental belts on them.
1: It says Continental knows original equipment because they are OE. Continental's OE Technology Series Multi-V belts for the automotive aftermarket are precision engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. They're the belts engines already know.
0: You can confidently spec Continental's Multi-V belts. There's one for 98% of all the vehicles on the road today. You may not know it, but Continental is also a leader in automotive technology, electronic components for things like autonomous driving and even accident-free zones. The focus on innovation is in every product Continental makes, including OE Technology Series aftermarket belts.
1: We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything.
0: All you have to do is go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance.
1: Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today.
0: Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights, he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47,
1: Pete realized he just wasn't that good, so he threw his skates in the trash. But then he
0: heard how GEICO, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. We're back with another car debate, this one for Andrew in Bowling Green. But you know what? Hang on. I should stop real quick. Nick, who we just ended the last part of the podcast with, Mm -hmm. I can hear some of you listening about what I said about Nick. I can hear some of you yelling in spite of the fact this is a one way podcast <laughs> you're saying where was the chevy ss and i'm saying to you you can't get the manuals for less than 30 grand oh no kidding you can get the autos for around 30 but the manuals have have, have lingered a bit now i'm sure some of you manuals out there have found them
1: in almost every car now becoming more expensive than the
0: automatics because the, there's a proliferation of automatics well because those of us enthusiasts that want the manual when we shop used, we're shopping for those cars. So finding, like a, the dealers know this. finding a Chevy SS in manual for less than 30 is needle in a haystack time, whereas that GLA is just out there, which is crazy to me. But anyway, let's talk about Andrew and Bowling Green uh, may or may not work for Corvette. <laughs> we're
1: not sure. He's a recent college grad, and we do like doing debates for recent college grads. Yeah. Thanks for writing, Andrew. Really appreciate it. In previous podcasts, we have recommended waiting ninety days, which is his current plan for purchasing a new to him car, and he's got a budget well, the polymeter's right at twenty grand. It's almost like if you have your budget at fifteen and you know the polymeter's twenty, why even mention the fifteen?
0: Just saying. <laughs> They're trying to not spend all their money and he's he's giving us the ninety day wait because he's money. going he's going, I did get a great new job. I should wait a little bit, shouldn't I? Yes. Nah. <laughs> no. Waiting is probably
1: fine, and he's got a Miata right now, a ninety four Mazda Miata. Mm-hmm. With some drawbacks, but living in Bowling Green, <laughs>
0: with that wait that well, when that comes around. Let that make up drawbacks? the understatement of the podcast. Go on, keep going. <laughs> All
1: right, he's in Bowling Green, Kentucky. He's a ten-minute drive from a phenomenal road course, mm-hmm. and he says this is a spiral down the track car route with his mm-hmm. poor Miata. Yep, it now has a fixed Recaro bucket seat, no soft top, hard top only, no radio. Well, it's got a Bluetooth speaker zip-tied to the roll bar. <laughs> that's all awesome. you need. It's done. I'm not seeing a problem. Yeah. And the AC compressor went out, and Kentucky Summers, he said, regularly hit the upper 90s, and his work attire that is required is steel toe boots with dress apparel. Yeah. So does he work for the Corvette factory, or does he know. not? Don't know.
0: That's, that sounds, okay. That sounds more like an executive position we're, to we're me. We're rolling with except the steel toe boots.
1: Except are, for the steel are, toe are you boots. Kicking You're, somebody?
0: What, what is this job? I don't know.
1: All right, so he says, right, anyway. wearing that, that's not fun, the tight seat, he should just put the new compressor in, but he will be able to keep the Miata, which he plans on making even more hardcore track focused. Which I think is great. Keep it Wonderful. and go
0: down that route, but then have another car, and that's where we
1: are. Absolutely. All right, so he would prefer a manual as well, but he's okay with a good automatic, mm-hmm. and his commute is mostly city, but he'd like something that gets better than 20 miles to the gallon, something like that. All right, so he's in south-central Kentucky, and he's okay with rear-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. from a weather perspective. Sure. Yeah, why not? And he said he's a bigger guy, weird proportions. He's six foot tall, 225 pounds, but he's got to, you know, get into something that is tall people friendly. We definitely know what that's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his first car was an 04 Hyundai Accent Base Mm 5-speed. Well, he said this car is boring but insanely reliable, and he tried to kill it, and it Just wouldn't refuse to die, die. which
0: is great. That's great. That's that's what you want for like a first car. You kind of want it to just stand up to the teenager having a crazy idea. The car goes, sure, why not? Let's do that. Had to graduate to the Honda Fit Sport, which was fine, but kind of boring. Lacked feedback, even though we like fits.
1: They're cool. I think you like fits more than I like fits. I'm just impressed impressed by them.
0: I'm very impressed with them, honestly.
1: All right. So now he's at this Mazda 6, Mazda 3 hatch. Actually, his mom has a 2015 Mazda 6 GT, and he Mm -hmm. likes it, but it's an automatic. But right now, he is looking for an E90 335i sedan. Mm -hmm. He loves the idea of having a 300-horsepower sports sedan that is mostly a sleeper, super modifiable, sounds amazing, but he's concerned with the German reliability. But he's a wrench. He's got access to shop with a lift, which is huge. Most people don't. Yes, that's
0: the big thing is a lift.
1: He's looking for something like that, but I think he's open to suggestions, and uh, he does mention the National Corvette Museum, the NCM Motorsports Park. Mm -hmm. I think that's your track. Yep. Which makes me wonder, do you work for the Corvette factory? I don't know.
0: We're going to have to go there at some point and and talk to Andrew about this. Uh, So this is the interesting thing. There's lots lots of stuff here with Andrew. There's something about this that I find kind of fascinating. He keeps mentioning four-door sedans, but he doesn't have a reason to have one. He drives a Uh, Miata. His only car is a Miata. It's not like I need to get another car because I can't fit my stuff. That's not in in here anywhere. And yet somehow Andrew is only looking at four – he's only really mentioning four-door sedans. I didn't go that route, Andrew, because I get the impression you don't have to have four-doors. I think you've gravitated toward it. But I don't think it's necessary. I want to get you in a car that you – because you've been dailying a Miata and tracking a Miata. You're used to a car that is informative. You're used to a car that is driver-involved. Sure, sure. You'd like to be a little bit less driver-involved for the everyday. But I, and I get that. <laughs> but, yeah, keep that Miata. But, I, but I'm thinking about what you're coming out of and thinking about I can't put you in a boat. And I can't put you in something that's just numb because this is what you're coming out of. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I didn't really worry about manual transmission as much, but I worried about the things you've told us and things I think will do all of the, look, I'm just going to climb in this car on a 90-degree day, and the air conditioner is going to work, and I can sit here and be comfortable. But yet I still enjoy driving this. I think that's key.
1: Mm.
0: And I'm going to say it to you, Andrew, and you're probably not going to be too surprised, but you asked about the gas mileage, you asked about all this usability, manual if you could. Why aren't you looking at an 86? A cheap 86 as your daily. Take the Miata off into madness, okay? <laughs> just embrace the madness Then Can there. you put a giant wing on it? Please, Why not? Why Andrew? not if it needs it? Why not? Uh, but so, so do that. But, but the 86 is I have a normal Miata-style car to commute in in all weather. Hard top, manual transmission. You will fit. All the big guys we know, including ourselves, fit in that car just fine. Great gas it's mileage. It's true. Drops the back seats. Yeah. You gotta at least look here because you're not a guy coming out of a Miata where you're just like, oh, I need lots of power. You're coming out of a ninety-four Miata. Okay? <laughs> the eighty-six has got plenty of power. Sure. You got to at least I don't know that it's the answer, but please don't keep it off your list. I don't have a blind spot to this car, go drive one. And it doesn't say that, you know, you need to win drag races anywhere in no, your email. So you he know, drives a Miata. Right. He, he's not about winning drag races, but he'll he'll kill you in the corners. Well, yeah, true.
1: Well, this E ninety three thirty five I sedan. I like it, but if we're gonna go that route and you're truly ready to work on a German car, guess what? I think both Todd and I are recommending. I'm wondering if you're gonna say the same car. You're gram. smiling I'm at about, me here. How about an E92 335iS? Bingo. Yes, that's they're well under 20. Yep. If you're willing to take that on, you can find them 18 to 20 grand with 60 to 80,000 miles on them mm-hmm. right now. It's the two door. It's, it's the, the E92. Two. It's, it's, the play. it's the
0: play. It's the play.
1: Did you guys know this engine has overboost that gives it more torque for a short period of time than the M3 of the same generation? Mm-hmm. Yep. Holy moly.
0: Yeah, that car is quite nice to drive. I mean, look, I, I don't have any problem with you getting the E ninety three thirty five i sedan, but I don't understand why you have to have four doors. The three thirty five is is the better play. It really is, especially for that kind of money. My biggest problem with that car, when we originally drove it, was I felt like it was too expensive. But at twenty grand, it's like but now no don't way. I don't I need one? I need <laughs> yeah. I need one. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean you've got a lift, Andrew. I mean, all right, if that's out because of concerns about i'm gonna dump money into this by the way you need to check with your insurance company especially yeah. you know younger yeah, yeah, drivers
0: yeah. for sure for
1: sure you know honestly from high school to college to just out of college they're they're still high on their rates everybody is under under is. 30
0: and unmarried this is a problem for guys just, honestly the, i happen is. i happen to turn 25 which for my insurance company was the uh was the break point i happened to turn 25 and get married in the same year my insurance plummeted must have loved that. Yeah, for sure. It's one of the only wise financial moves I've made. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a financial podcast. We're here to spend your money. <laughs> Never, yes.
1: But for 20 grand, guess what? You can also get a 2016 BMW 228. The one I found mm. was an X Drive. You can probably find one just rear wheel drive only. I'm sure. 10,300 miles for 20 grand flat. What? Done. Done. Someone bought that and didn't drive it at all. Yeah. 10,300 miles. It's black. Yeah, it's the all wheel drive, but who cares? You could find that car for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I'm I see that. astounded at the 228i's. Mm-hmm. They have dropped to under 20 now. Huh. With right. decent okay. miles. Okay. That, that's, now, that's compelling. Now, newer car, higher insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to weigh that out. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to balance that out. But if you're going to go the BMW route, I'd actually suggest the 228i. Hmm. Okay. And maybe have less fear about, you know, the cars on the lift all the time possibly
0: interesting all right just a thought that's good that's good if if the 86 that i mentioned to you isn't quite nice enough or isn't quite enough of something for you want to something a little nicer you could go genesis coupe could could. i think the well i know for a fact the 86 is better to drive but the, oh yeah the genesis okay. coupe is the better to commute in so kind of pick your poison there uh we already talked about 335 is i have to go there You've mentioned you kind of walked around the world of the GTI. Go, go drive a GTI. It's good. It's just it, – It's good. You, you can't, here's the thing. You can't go wrong with a GTI. He's got the rear-wheel drive fun car handled. Totally. Commute car, yeah. hatchback, nice place to be. Yeah. You could take people you work with out. It's got plenty of space in the front and rear, leather. It's, it's, it's everything you need a commute car to be and still has some fun in there. Now, it's not as fun as I like cars to be often. But it's hard, it's hard to argue a GTI for just this is my car that I commute in and I'm an enthusiast. Yeah, GTI, done. Mm-hmm. So that works. While you're there, though, you got to drive the Focus ST just to have something a little more hair on fire than the GTI, a little bit more <laughs> I'm still a crazy car guy than the GTI. Here's the thing. This will slide past the insurance agent. They won't know. It yeah, has exactly. more power. But, but if you're there, if you're there to shopping the Focus ST at all, I have to say it, do you need a Fiesta ST in your life? I can spend far (laughs) less of your budget. They're tall people friendly. They're tall people friendly. In fact, Edgar, who shoots with us, he complains all the time that he works with a bunch of trees, okay? (laughs) You and me and Chance. And here's Edgar. Who look to Edgar's credit, joking. Edgar. Edgar is normal sized. Edgar is perfectly normal sized man. But yes. he's standing around going, "I hate all of you. You're all way too big." So, but he he mentioned funny. to us, you and me and Chance all really love the Fiesta ST yeah. seating position wise. And Edgar said to us on a couple of occasions, "Everyone he knows that loves it is a tall guy," which is and funny. He's it's never astounding quite me. liked the seating position. Okay, and he's like five nine five ten. Okay, so. Something to think about. You're a big guy. Fiesta STs seem to fit big guys really well. They're crazy fun to drive. So this is th- – look at it this way. The GTI at one end of the bookends and the Fiesta ST at the other. Drive hot hatches because do you want to go commute and, and, and nice to be in? You're in GTI world. Do you really want to keep it fun? Mm-hmm. You're in Fiesta ST realm. So you got to drive at, at least those three, the the uh, GTI, the Focus ST, and the Fiesta ST, and just go, where am I? Still can't believe Ford not bringing the new one here.
1: Yeah. I just – I know, I know their plans we've talked about their plans they yeah. announced their plans mm-hmm. I still can't believe it I I'm totally.
0: still beside myself well about and this. then after that I, I got in that big discussion with Tom who just he, he he just went off about how the last one was great this one's even better
1: I believe him I, I'm yeah alright well we've got to jump to questions here and I'm going to start out on Facebook from Devin B he said his wife has finally acquiesced to a Germany trip next year <laughs> does that mean you're coming with us on our pilgrimage trip I'm let's just do asking. that but he asks, what are the bucket list items outside the obvious for Car Mecca? You know, the Ring Spa, the Porsche Museum, the MW Museum, and the Autobahn. Mm-hmm. I made a little list for you. Oh, did you? Good job. Okay, great. Classic Remise in Berlin and Dusseldorf. Okay. That's the. It's like Classic Stadt in Frankfurt. Okay, sure. They're sure, very sure. much like that. Yeah, yeah. Motor World in Stuttgart, of course. Yes. The Deutsch Museum in Munich. You've got to check out that for submarines and rockets and aircraft Mm. and Mm -hmm. all kinds of cool stuff. There's also the Auto and Technique Museum in Sinsheim. The Volkswagen factory in Dresden where they used to build Phaetons and Bentleys because of the W12 engine.
0: Interesting. Okay. And then
1: finally non-car related, if you're in Bavaria, you gotta go to the Neuschwanstein Castle. Yes. It's so cool. Yes. It's actually concrete and rebar. It looks like it's from the 1200s, you know, where they had pig's heads on a stick and, you know, (laughs) torches and it's not it's built with modern building materials but it looks cool and it's fun to be in and the stories around it with the prints are yeah. It was, it was cool,
0: though. It's a very say. cool castle. Very cool castle. And it's, then just enjoy the f-
1: Strudel in Bavaria because I'm a strudel-eating guy. You are, yes. It's,
0: it's awesome. Strudel and watches and it's crazy. It's the greatest. Here's the thing. That's the castle that uh, that that the Disney castle is designed off of. It's that fairy tale castle. If you've ever seen like a crazy so castle in cool. Europe, it's probably that one. Yeah. So it, that's cool. I will say some other random thoughts, though. You're in Europe— is your wife I get the vibe your wife is coming on the trip, which means you're probably going to, have to do some non car related things.
1: right I kind of get that idea too a couple of things
0: to think about i don 't know if you've thought this way or at all, devin, but once you get to Europe once getting over there for an american that 's the expense once you 're there, hops to other countries are cheap oh like, yeah they 're easy. really cheap yeah so think about think about Europe in a larger sense forget uh, forget just staying in Germany for a second think about Europe in a larger sense okay you jump from germany to paris incredibly short flight germany to the south of france incredibly short flight mm-hmm. uh, so this is the way to to, to think this through okay like the, when we did our pilgrimage year my wife and i flew over there together and we went to london and we went to paris and we went to uh, nice and uh uh why am I drawing Oh, monaco like? monaco thank yeah. you we went to nice and monaco yeah, yeah and these were all little tiny i mean very cheap like hop flights you know, like hundred bucks, and you're there. Okay, <laughs> the flight's cheap. Monaco's not. No, Monaco's expensive if you get close to it. You, like land in Nice, and you feel the, the the oppression of the cost. But anyway, <laughs> exactly. if you're not even in town yet. But but, but here's exactly. the thing. But but honestly, take a take a hop to Paris. You may as well fly into Charles de Gaulle. From the US and then hop to Germany to do your Germany stuff with yeah, us, right. hint, hint, and then come back out. That's what I really recommend. <laughs> Have a conversation with your wife about what in Europe would you like to do because your major expense you've already covered to come over for Germany and now hop a couple places, spend a couple more days. And by the way, there's a one hour time change between London and Paris because I, I know
1: this because I'm the idiot that didn't realize that and I missed my flight out of Strasbourg Airport yeah. a couple of years ago. Have fun trying to find a hotel room at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m., I mean, on. Um, You know, when you missed your
0: flight. Anyway, I'm that guy. (laughs) Michael Conti wrote in on uh, Facebook, and he said, okay, we talk about the BMW 1M. We love it. We talk about it as a moment-in-time car. If you've watched our Icon film, I keep talking about Icon now that we're almost out with uh, American Original. American Original is the title of our Corvette film, and here I am talking about Icon. But he said, (laughs) okay, so what makes the 1M driving experience better than or different than the M235i or the M2? I like this question a lot because I prefer the 1M to both those other cars. Oh, I know, yeah. yeah. And the biggest thing I'm going to tell you is steering feel. It's it is. still, It's still the hydraulic steering feel that BMW kind of perfected back there in the much-loved E46 M3 is still there in the 1M, and it's gone in the M35 and the M2. Not to say those cars don't handle well or aren't fun to drive, but they are missing that steering feel magic that was I felt like a BMW thing. Since the E46 M3 I mean, that car just is the pioneer of it, it's still in the 1M, mm-hmm. and it's gone mm-hmm. after that, and that's one of the things that makes it great for me. I also like the fact that the, the 1M kind of feels like it's going to tear itself apart. And I mean that is a weird compliment. It's just had all of these parts of the bigger M3 <laughs> no, it's shoved, going to tear your wallet apart. shoved into a smaller package and made to work. And it just feels like somebody's incredibly successful garage science project in a great way.
1: And it shares that same wonderful golden era in time model year as the Nissan Murano Cabriolet
0: <laughs> Woohoo! with the
1: same steering feel. But you, no. you,
0: you should buy them both because those are cars to keep forever. They're yeah. complimentary somehow. Not really.
1: There's a lot of design questions on Facebook. Thank you guys for the design questions. I'm thrilled to have them. All right. So Nick P is asking, should econo boxes have style? You know, for being frank, a commuter mm. car is an appliance and it seems like car manufacturers are trying to do some you know, beauty award, mm-hmm. but in the end, do people really care as long as it does what its main intent is? I absolutely think style is important. It's probably one of the most crucial differentiating factors at the lower end of the market. Mm, interesting. Because when you're paying, we'll call it 15 to 20 at the lowest end of the market, and there's a car that actually looks pretty good, too, and you know that yeah, your hard-earned yeah. money is being spent on something that you like to look at, mm-hmm. that's absolutely crucial. And, Dammy, you've noted this. A lot of you have noted this. And I've talked about good design for inexpensive products. I don't yeah, mean cheap. Yeah, yeah. I mean inexpensive, from a toothbrush to a mm-hmm. whatever it is, to... You know, even collapsible furniture, whatever it is, mm-hmm. call it knockdown,
0: cage furniture, just not not reversible stuff. You, you don't nothing have to think reversible. About reversible stuff. Anyway, go on. Uh, yeah.
1: Drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, anything like that, I think design is really crucial. And car companies, they don't charge as far as designs. There's not a a set length of time. The designers' mm. hours are not being billed or charged for making a car more expensive or not. Now, they have things to worry about, yeah, and that's yeah, why yeah. the designs get really creative or not because yeah. of mm-hmm. they've got to keep the manufacturing inexpensive. And so sometimes they'll combine... Good good example is the turn signal integrated into the headlight cluster itself. It's one part from the supplier instead of multiple parts. So you'll just see smoother bumpers. But then you've got more real estate to deal with. So how do you make that look good? Mm -hmm. Designers actually worry about this. And it's not really a demotion for designers to work on an entry-level car. It's more like a creative challenge. Mm -hmm. Because if you've got a blue sky budget and you've got the, all right, we're doing another Aston Martin, everybody. Go nuts. Start sketching. (laughs) Sure. Let's make some beautiful lines. Yeah. Great. But yeah. how about the low end of the market? It's absolutely important. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the stuff we have in our lives. That's mm-hmm. why design matters. The clothes you wear, the watch you have on, your eyeglasses, your mm-hmm. shoes, the art you hang on your walls, and the products you touch yeah, yeah, in yeah. your life are chosen because you like how they look. Yeah. They have to function. They have Excellent. to meet that need. Excellent. Yeah. But you like that art on your wall. You like that thing in your life. And wow, what a great deal. It looks good. It feels good. It's, mm-hmm.
0: Does the thing that I need it to do? I'm buying it. That's excellent. I, I can't add to that on the design side, but Nick, I'm going to add to something you actually followed up with Dammy, and you made the comment where you said, shouldn't we as enthusiasts not care and buy an account of box that just does the daily stuff and then have our fun car on the side? I see your logic there, Nick. If that's your headspace, then buy whatever as an account of box it doesn't need to have style because you have your fun car. However, we are not normal. <laughs> okay? When you're buying, when you're, let me put it this way. Okay, sure. If, if, yeah. if you're a person buying new at the bottom of the market, that's your only car. True. You're true. not buying something else for fun. And I also submit, I could be wrong, if you're an enthusiast who's buying a throwaway car, you're not buying new. Very true. So the people that are buying the fifteen dollars to $22,000 new car... Styling matters because that's the only car they've got. Mm -hmm. They're buying new at that part of the market because they need the warranty. Generally, you want a new car that's going to run and has a warranty if there's any problems, and that one looks better than that one. Mm -hmm. Still matters. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what else did you find here? What other questions you got? Uh, There are other design ones I definitely want you to cover, but I've got... uh, I love this one. This is interesting. I am not Sean Clark on Instagram. What do we consider fast? And then his follow-up question is... He gets the impression that as we have gotten into, let's be honest, ridiculous zero to 60 numbers. Yeah. yeah. What's fast anymore? And are we all now numb to what fast means? Because, and I, I remember being this kid when you 14 when you're 14. A zero to 60 is all that matters. You're playing top trumps. There's a British reference for it. You're playing top trumps all the time with your friends about what car is cooler because which one's faster. My son at nine is about this. Hmm. He's like, well, dad, is it faster than the Lotus? I'm like, doing what? <laughs> which which grinds his little gears because he's like, what do you mean? Is it, fa- is it faster? I'm like, but what are we talking about, buddy? Straight line? Yeah, that car's faster. He's like, well, how is that possible? I'm like, oh, top speed? That car's f- whatever. Power. Exactly. Heat exchange. But I'm like, friction. what are we doing? But what are we doing in the corners? What, what are we talking about? I'm going to submit a couple things here. First off, I think, personally, any car that does a zero to 60 in less than six seconds feels quick. Okay. I, I, okay. Yes, you can get into stuff that does three seconds. We've done three-second cars. I mean, cars. we have to put a qualifier on it. You have to put a number on mm-hmm. it, right? But but I think, I think as we get to a place where the cars that are super fast are all in the two-something-second se- range, which is insane. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't six seconds seem slow? Not from the seat it doesn't. A six second car, genuinely, a car that goes that fast feels quick when you put your foot in it. Beyond that, it starts to feel slow. But putting it another way, we're all getting spoiled for torque. For sure. When you put your foot in it, turbos or left throttle. Sure. That's what, when you're going 30 miles an hour and you want to go 30 to 70, that's what we're starting to be boggled by. Okay, and this is where electric cars are completely throwing off the metric of what people think is fast. That's why anybody gets into a Chevy Bolt, forget Tesla for a second, a Chevy Bolt, and goes, "That car's really quick mm-hmm. because of the instant torque." A Nissan. I, I know people that own Nissan Leafs and can't shut up about how fast they are. It's a Nissan Leaf. Hmm. It's not an actually Funny. fast car, but it's an electric car, yeah. so it has punch the minute they breathe on the throttle. So this is completely destroying our metric. It's not about the number. But the torque matters, and I think that for most people, a car will feel fast, like this is really powerful if you do the 30 to 70 thing than the 0 to 60 thing. Yeah,
1: the get-on-it-punch. I'm going to add quickly the proportions of the chassis and your ride height. Mm. In your lease, 80 miles an hour feels like 160 million miles an hour.
0: (laughs) feels like a bullet. You're right. It does. You're right. 80
1: 80 miles an hour in the Cayman kind of feels like all right, we're moving. Yeah,
0: this car's this A little car's bit higher nice. ride height.
1: You know, the chassis is a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more insulation. 80 miles an hour in a big Mercedes S-Class, you might have to pound stakes to see if you're moving, as my yeah. dad says. Yeah, I see you. He always says that. You're right. Yeah, 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 you're right. To get out and pound stakes, see if you're moving. <laughs> I, okay, I think I know what that <laughs> Your means. Your dad. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> He's got okay. all these isms from Kansas. He does. Like he just pulls out on me every so often. But yes, I, I look at that as the size of the car. Let's say a big truck. You're mm-hmm. sitting way up high. Big Ram trucks going 80 miles an hour. Yeah,
0: feels doesn't feel that fast. Sustained 80 in a big truck like that, or even a like a bus. Sustained 80 miles an hour, suddenly you're just kind of like, are we going quick anymore? I have no idea. But a little tiny screaming car, you're like, we're really moving. Yeah. All right, many of you have asked about the new
1: Chevy Silverado. Mm-hmm. You've got to look this up. This is the 2020 Chevy Silverado HD, and especially in the Z71 package, I believe mm-hmm. it is. This just dropped on the internet. Yes, it's the Z71, and the front end is completely redesigned. And um, a lot of you and, well, a lot of journalists online are doing double takes and kind of dropping their coffee (laughs) and everything else because because of the ugly. The room is spinning because of the ugly. (laughs) There's not a lot of cohesive design going on. There's not a lot of language. There's a lot of we've got to make Chevy bold and brash and have something to put this on. There's a giant chrome opening Surround, so it's like chrome lipstick on the intake on top of the hood and a giant chrome bar sticking all the way across the front of the hood, well, the front of the grill intake, there's not a lot of cohesiveness going on here for me. The proportions of the truck are nice. They sit high. It looks beefy and like a work truck. But, wow, I, I agree. I'm not sure what the thinking was here, yeah. and I think sometimes design studios suffer from the fact, or they don't stand back and think, you know what? That's not working. Sometimes they do. Most of them have a turntable mm-hmm. or they see it in VR and they they're constantly mm-hmm. looking at it, but I'm not convinced and I'm I'm not appreciating a lot yeah. of the design. I'm not even seeing it from a truck standpoint like wow that that's a classically appealing look. I would do a lot of things differently
0: to be honest. I'm looking at it here and I'm kind of just playing with the you're watching me playing with the photos here. I uh I, I keep covering up that silver bar in the grill and thinking it works otherwise.
1: Yeah. And Jared B's question on here is, you know, he's saying the design direction is more truck. And this was one designer's interpretation. But keep in mind, it's never just one person making a decision. This is a committee of designers. This is a small design team reporting to a design manager and submitting your designs based on a number of different
0: things. sure, Manufacturability and what do we want the front end to say? They wanted to say Chevy. It's huge. Well, they're trying to compete with that thing that Ford introduced with the Raptor and now in doing all of these trucks where you can see Ford massive all the way across the front of the grill. So, somebody yeah. gets that's, that's the discussion I hear when I look at this. Somebody's in a meeting going, We need to have Chevrolet and a huge name across the front because Ford's doing it and making it look great.
1: Todd B. also has a question from a design perspective. Why are so many cars and SUVs looking the same grill design to body design? Well, it's mm. proportion on those because of the size of vehicle that people are shopping for. When you've got yeah. that same canvas to start with, mm. you've got yeah. to differentiate yourself. I think Volvo is doing a great job. Their as a stuff matter does of fact, yeah. Jaguar is doing a great job. Mm-hmm. But then the rest, you can see from Japanese and Korean automakers, they do look the same. I agree. Mm-hmm. Even the Fords, the Kuga, yeah. the... What's it called in the states? The escape. The edge. That's escape. It. Which yeah. one are you going the, with? The yeah. little tiny one. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, they all look the same, and that's because of proportion. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I mean, I, I'm picking out design details and themes, so they look different to my eye. But some of them, I've done a
0: double take on you know I think that's the new Volkswagen. Wait a minute. No, yeah. it's not. I'm wrong. In pro in, in profile, like silhouette, they're almost exactly the same. The other thing that's affecting this, Todd, is that uh, you've got all those European crash tests standards that are happening right now that make for very straight front ends and then bulbous hoods, and that's mm-hmm. affecting everything. And so when once you do that with the scale of that CUV, you're stuck. Oak S <laughs> okay, says,
1: why is Toyota in competition with itself to make the ugliest cars in the market? <laughs> they've got competition from Chevrolet in the form of the 2020 <laughs> yeah. the Silverado way, Have HD. you seen this? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a design theme that they've got to come up with that says only that company. Yeah. Now, Lexus has differentiated themselves with that
0: Predator Maw, mm-hmm.
1: and now they've refined it to the place where it actually looks good on the LC. I actually
0: kind of like LC 500 it. wears it well. There's, there's one. The there's Toyota, one. Honestly,
1: sometimes the sketch and the drawings look better than the execution when you actually have to apply it to a real object. There's compromises. There's changes. Proportions mm-hmm. change. And the theme doesn't look the same as it does on the drawing.
0: Well, it's so hard to have a corporate grill that works on every sized car. Mm -hmm. Look at the Chevy Spark. It has that traditional Chevy front end, but it is entirely too big a face for that tiny little automobile. That definitely is an issue. Uh, Tyler Champion asked this question, Instagram. First sports car for him, $30,000. Oh. 987.2, so that's the end of the first gen, Cayman or Boxster or BMW M235i. Honestly, Tyler, if you're shopping sports car... The BMW's out. Uh, it, it's it's yeah. it's a re- yeah. look. We like it. it. It's great. We it's like great. it. We've driven all kinds of consider uh, situations. We love it on the track. We've recommended it many times on the podcast. The Cayman Boxer is a better dedicated sports car across the board. And then the decision there is just: Do you want convertible or not? There there's certainly a segment of you that you like convertibles so much that the minute a car has the ability to take a top down, it kills all competitors. I'm not really that way. So I actually really really like the hard tops, I like the line of a hard top. But uh, honestly, you have to decide, Tyler. Do you want a convertible or not? I think it's either Boxster or Cayman for you.
1: There's a question here on Facebook from Zhen Lee asking about a Carfax that he says may not be reported timely or correctly. He ran a Carfax on a car that he's interested in, found out it had an accident in September 2014, but not reported until April 2018. Looks like it takes a while for that data to populate, mm. and maybe whoever it, you know, whoever. I guess, contributed the data, didn't contribute it in a timely manner. That's weird. I'm curious as to if we've got listeners who know a little bit more about the Carfax data entry process Mm. and how long Mm. it takes from a body shop or somebody to report that information. What is the time that it takes to populate Mm. into a Carfax? Because we'd all love to think it's an immediate thing, but
0: clearly it's not. I would think if you went through your insurance company and went through an uh, insurance-provided body shop, it would probably wind up pretty quick. If you didn't, things get really fuzzy really quick. And
1: it depends on what exactly is the damage. It looks like uh, some damage reported after the accident. But, yeah, it just got populated. Hmm. Interesting. You're going to have to, I mean, if it's the car you own, you're going to have to actually kind of determine, you know, how how bad is it i guess do you does it make you dislike the car enough does it drive mm. improperly What's the damage? Yeah. are you falling out of love with it because of the damage or is it acceptable is it is it a level like wow that it's a bummer mm-hmm. but you know i still love the car and that kind of thing even though you'd think that'd reduce the value jen that's uh that's a bummer i i'm yeah. really sorry to hear that but um you know it's one of those things where it's a personal decision i suppose at that point point. and um you know you can talk about that to the next owner as well
0: yeah. Uh, you know nothing, J.Flow on Instagram. Interesting question here. After years of him driving front-wheel drive cars on mountain roads, he feels like he's got that kind of dialed. understands uh, how to do the braking, acceleration, etc. How hard and different is it going to be to move to rear-wheel drive? Hmm. I'm going to say two things here. First off, uh, any car you shift to to drive the same roads that you did before. <laughs> Understeer to oversteer. Well, but yes, <laughs> but, but any car you jump into, even if it was all front-wheel drives, you've noticed that things are a little bit different already. Okay, you you drive a Fiesta ST a little bit differently than you drive a GTI. They're both front wheel drive cars. They're both good front wheel drive cars. What how do, how does that specific car rotate? So you're gonna to have to adjust no matter what, any car you hop into. But the rear wheel drive thing you're gonna notice two things. I don't think it's gonna be a problem for you at all, but two things you're gonna notice. One, it is amazing when you disconnect the steering from drive wheels. There's a lightness on a back road. You might not even notice it or care about it much in town, but there's a lightness on a back road. That is kind of magical. Mm -hmm. That that Mm -hmm. really that's that's the illuminating part about it is just how that feels when you get into a corner and you weight those front wheels and they're doing nothing but dealing with direction for the car. That's very cool. That that thing you'll notice is different. The other thing you can do is how much you can actually corner under throttle in a rear-wheel drive car. If you if you put your foot in in a front-wheel drive car, a lot of them will just start plowing worse. <laughs> you know? But that rear wheel drive car you can actually like there's a there's this sorry to go there, but it's one of the first places that I was overwhelmed with this sensation. There's double gauche on uh, spa. It's a double yes, left corner. Right, right. A little bit of a downhill to it. Okay, it has a washout, a huge like parking lot sized washout. Yeah, yeah. You can put the car in, and we've done it in lots of rear wheel drive cars. You turn the wheel. And the entire rest of the corner is up to your right foot in a rear-wheel drive car. It's amazing. And the more you give it gas, the more the car just rotates or washes or rotates or washes. That's amazing. You yeah, can't you, get that out of a front-wheel drive car yeah. ever. I've felt it on back roads before, but that corner is so extreme and so extended that the first time I hit it right in that uh, – in a, in a rear-wheel drive car. It was an M235i, actually. On Spa, I just thought, that is the best experience of that discussion I've ever felt. You lock your steering angle, keep it there, and then finish the,
1: cornering entirely, finish the
0: delicacy of the corner with your right foot. Cornering entirely with the throttle. That's the big difference.
1: All right, so last question for me over on Twitter. David P., thank you for writing in. What do we think of the Continental Extreme Contact oh, Sport Summer Tires? Glad you picked this one up. You know, I actually had Continental Sport Extremes... Uh, on the Audi mm-hmm. A4 wagon that I had, that was the Ultra Sport package mm-hmm. before they introduced S Line, and they put those car those tires on that car at, from the factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It chewed through the tires, but the handling was great. The grip was fantastic. Yeah, you always liked them, didn't you? Really liked yeah. Continentals, and that was that was my experience. they were up there, in my opinion, with the uh, the the elements that we love about the Michelin tires. too. I think they're that good, really? They're up there, definitely. Okay. They're soft enough that you think, all right, do I want to spring again for these next mm-hmm. time they're due? Because those tires, I think, lasted me eighteen thousand miles. Oof. Now, of course, I was driving the car hard and fast. Yes, but you do. Yes, eighteen thousand miles, and so for me, that's up there with the Yokohamas. They're excellent, but they, you know, they they're soft. They yeah. chew through yeah, the yeah. tires, and you know, not that Michelin's don't. By any true. means, true, it true. seems to be a good balance on those Michelin's. But I'm definitely open to driving those new ones from Continental and. Mm i i've been a big fan i just you know found a lot of performance things that i like out of the michelins but i i really love continentals too so it's one of those things where we got to drive them and uh then really decide but yeah you've got to come back to you know it's great that the car comes with them but do i want to pop for them again Do i want to spring always the
0: discussion about tires for sure man
1: well uh we've got to leave it there guys massive thanks for your questions and your car debates and your topic tuesday questions if you've got more of a longer discussion for mm. the topic tuesday please write to us as well yeah they're awesome more stuff to come. I can't wait to announce the Corvette film to everybody and put it out there. I can't wait to share. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> it is, for sure. It'll be a load off, huh? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Hey, but it was a big milestone to actually hit picture lock. I really like yeah, that. I mean, there's lots more to do still, but that's at least, okay, we really have a film now, so that's good. Massive thanks again, guys. Looking forward to next time. Cheers.
1: I can't believe it.